Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. I am ready to hear what God has to say today because He's good at speaking. Um, let's pray before we start. God, I thank you that you are mighty, you're strong, God. I thank you that what we face is is little and it's dim compared to your glory, God. It's it's small compared to who you are and the plans that you have for us, God. So I just pray, Lord, that right now in this moment, you'd alleviate us from the weight of being a human, God, and that you would just lead us into the goodness of being your child. God, that we can just enjoy sitting here in your presence, God, knowing that it will never depart from us, knowing that your plans for us are good, knowing that your plans for us are to give us a future and a hope, Father. And so I just pray that your word would come alive to us in a brand new way this morning. God, open our eyes. If there's anything inhibiting the way that we see you, God, would you just show us more clearly by your Holy Spirit this morning? Thank you, Father. Your voice is like no one else's, God, so let us hear it clearly. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray this morning and we come to you boldly with confidence and with gratitude, God. Amen. Amen. Awesome. You can take your seat. Yes, I did forget that I had printed my notes and they were on the printer. So that's where I went. Oh, yeah. So I had a, a dream <laughs> about speaking a few weeks ago. And in my dream, mum was chairing. And I got so excited about speaking that I came up and took the microphone off her, like dad did to tell his joke. And, um, and so I took the microphone from her and I, I thought it was a great idea to preach from the scripture in Matthew that talks about having, do not put a lampshade over a lamp. Hello, everyone over here. <laughs> I'll try and dance around so everyone gets to see. <laughs> um, so I had this lampshade on my head and, and I was trying to encourage everyone and I realized that's all I'd prepared was just the lampshade thing. And so then I gave the microphone back to mum and said that I'd forgotten something at home. And then I went home and just, I was at the dining table just going, <laughs> like I've got nothing, dad will preach. And I was just like, that's all I've got to say. I know dad will fill in. And I looked at the clock and I was like, oh no, church is over. Oh. So I made sure I had lots today. Um, but I just want to talk about the heart this morning. And so I actually have prepared a lot. This is like a, a section of the scriptures <laughs> that I didn't include. <laughs> this morning, because when it comes to the heart, we, we need scripture. We need um, a standard for, for the intention that God has for the heart. And like, to be honest, if you go and find just one scripture on the heart in the Bible, it doesn't give you enough. We need, we need all of it. And sadly, I can't share all of it with you today because we want to see some baptisms happen and you probably want to eat lunch. But can I just encourage you to go and do your own study? I promise today's going to be a whirlwind. It's going to be like we're whipping through getting a taste of what God's got for us. Um, but I, I need you to do me the favor, but more so yourself and God the favor or take the responsibility to go and find out more for yourself. Because we all have a heart and they all look different and the state of them is all different for all of us. 
um, because I think that God is doing what he's doing right now in our church, in us, on purpose. I think it's by no mistake that he has got us where we are, advancing the way we're advancing. He's calling us into things specifically. And so I think he wants to speak specifically to our hearts as well. And I have a strong sense, mum was talking last week, and I had a strong sense that God really wanted to unite us in a way that we hadn't experienced before. And I got a picture of us with shields. So I'm going to ask Jesse and Callum to come up. Jesse has helped me prepare some budget shields out of things we already had here at home. <laughs> this is called youth budget preaching. <laughs> so you get a taste of Friday. Um, and there's a few scriptures that I'll get us to look at first to help us. <laughs> They're actually a great shield. I was thinking of using like platters from the kitchen. This is a lot better. Um, right, so I'll share with you the picture that I had. <laughs> I had a picture of us advancing with shields interlocked and how important this is for God's plan for us to advance forward. I want you guys to pretend you're in battle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> godly, godly, strong men, unafraid. <laughs> right? So this is the good picture. This is the picture of strong faith because the Bible says that sh our shield is the shield of faith. It's very specific. It's not just whatever you want to use it for kind of shield. It's the shield of faith, right? So interlocked, they have purpose and they've got a place in the church. But I saw a picture of shields turned against one another. And it is hard to advance in this position. It is hard to have a defense with this position. And it's hard to have strong faith in this position. And the Bible actually says, have I not love... I'm just the sound of a ganging, a ganging, a clanging, a clanging gong, a ganging clong. <laughs> so give us a, give us one of your clangs. <laughs> Beautiful. So this is the sound, this is the sound of a non, non-unified. They're not together. They're not advancing together. They're, they're against one another. It's disunity. And again, say if Calm's too weak to hold his shield and he drops it, you need to drop it. I'm sorry, it's... Wow. Oh my goodness. This was meant to be like quite serious. Um, no, it's fine, it's fine. So say Callum's too weak, Jesse shouldn't use his strength against Callum. He should use his shield to defend Callum. Go defend him, defend your brother, right? This is a good picture of what, of what faith is. But I think, maybe not outwardly, but inwardly, there's some clanging. And inwardly, there's some, I know that person's down, but I'm going to use my position of superiority or wisdom to maybe attack that where they are. And thanks, boys. I think that's, let's just keep that picture in mind, yeah? That's what we're... That's what we're working towards. <laughs> She's just like, yay. Um, but God cares about how we love people. God really cares about how we perceive people or how we let ourselves perceive people. I had this thought come to my head 
of if we say, well, that person's just really hard for me to love, I'm really finding it hard to get along with them, Jesus has never said that in his life. Not over me, not over you. He's never said, they're a little bit hard to love. (laughs) His dialogue is so far from that. It's never even entered the thoughts of Jesus that any one of us is hard to love. He just says, they're worthy. They're worthy of my love. My Father has made them worthy. And so, you know, it should disrupt us when that, that kind of thinking or that kind of perceiving um, comes and disrupts our soul. Because really, I think it's a corruption of who God's made us to be. When we start to think, you know, church would be so much better if that person didn't come. My family would be so much better if that person wasn't in it. My life would be easier if, if I didn't have this person that's like my acquaintance and not really my friend, Right? The world's really good at that. The world is, accepts that. Like, if they don't serve you, just, you know, get them out. Like, if that's, and I'm going to be careful. The world's very good at saying toxic relationships, okay? Toxic is a big word in, in relationship world. But the Holy Spirit gives us discernment. And within the body, I think we need to have love for one another. And now I'm going to use Scripture to prove it so that you know that it's not just my idea and I'm not just here saying, can we all just get along? Well, I think we can. (laughs) All right? Okay, now that I've got that out of me, um, let's look at Psalm 133, verse 1. How good and pleasant it is when God's people dwell together in unity, when their shields are interlocked. Also, John 17, Jesus is, is interceding for us to the Father, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you and I, what, what does this version say? Just as you are in me and I am in you. So, you know, God's a triune God, the God, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is asking that he would make us together like he is, together. You know, one heart, one mind, working together, advancing together, because there's only so much that we can do apart But together, you know, one can put 10. Is it 10? A thousand. Two can put 10,000. That's even better than what I thought. That's even better. So, and then Ephesians 4 says that we should bear with one another in love and make every effort. I'm going to be, I've given myself two different translations in my notes and up here. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So it's the Spirit's unity. We don't just want a, a kind of unity. We want the Spirit's unity through the bond of peace. And I think, yeah, make every effort. It's not going to come naturally. And that's, I think, why we get to the point where we say that person's hard to love or maybe even you're finding yourself hard to love. You're finding it really hard to get along with you. Um, make every effort. Make it an effort. Be like, oh, I'm committed to this. I'm going to choose this. And I know that we know this, but hey, I just feel to talk about this if that's okay. So let's let it add to what we believe already. Um, So I think unity has to start somewhere. I think it starts with one. It starts with us and it starts in secret. Because, Because God's so invested in our wholeness, and God's so invested in, um, 
you know, doing that relationship with us, having that, that daily bread kind of relationship and communication, when we are leaning into that, we are allowing him to speak to the matters of our heart on a daily basis. If you allow weeks to go unchecked, obviously there's going to be more to check in on with God. So out of that daily place, God is going to refine. He's going to speak. He's going to shed his love. He's going to um, share with you his perception on ideas that you're like, well, I'm seeing it like this. And he says, have you tried seeing it this way? And so I think I've just learned that that the, the more I lean in, in that regular, consistent relationship with God, the more um, it just becomes normal out of, out of that relationship with Him that I want Him to speak to the way I'm seeing things. I want Him to speak to me on the matters of my heart because I don't want to be bound by things. I don't want to, you know, get my ideas so tightly wound that I, I'm not going to let God undo them and speak into them. So, and I think that that's what can happen um, when our shields are clanging, when we're using that shield of faith against one another, it's because we feel misunderstood or we feel like we have to defend ourselves. But the thing is that God is our defender and he always knows what's going on. And so I think if we find ourselves constantly on the defense, there's perhaps wounding there, there's perhaps um, times in the past where we've felt misunderstood or we've felt like we've been betrayed. Um, I had an experience once where I felt deeply betrayed and hurt by someone and I was driving in my car to church. I remember being on that road and I was just saying to God, I don't know why that happened to me. I don't know why, you know, you'd let that happen. I thought that I was walking with you. I don't know why I find myself in that position. And I thought there was something wrong with me. You know, I thought that I'd done something to deserve this or bring it upon myself. So I was just feeling foolish. And, you know, why, why have I let myself get to this point? And I felt the Holy Spirit interrupt my thoughts and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry they did that to you. And I never thought that God would say sorry to me for anything, you know. He has that heart that, that that person was his child too, is his child too, and I'm his child. And so it hurts God when we hurt one another. And I'm going to, um, later I really feel to just open up the front so that we can have times, a time of repentance or forgiveness, but also just for God to say sorry and to heal you from hurts that have happened in the past. Because I just don't think that we have to live with them. I don't think that we have to um, be re-wounded constantly by things that have happened in the past. God, God is healing for us that is so, so much more powerful than the hurt that people can have for us. And all of us are susceptible to hurt and all of us are susceptible to hurting one another. So I think it's really important to just allow, allow God. <laughs> I'm just going to keep coming back to this point. Do the walk with God and he just makes relationships right. Like Uncle Adrian said today that the Bible is rich with talking about relationship and he, he's just as passionate about our community relationship one, with one another as he is with our relationship with him because we're his family. Yeah, and I think we can be really good at doing relationship with God 
because we think that that one is super duper important, which it is. I'm not going to say that it's not. But if that's the only relationship we care about and the other one's, oh, well, like this is just earth. (laughs) I'm going to go to heaven to be with God one day and be held account for the way that we acted here on earth. So it matters. It matters how we represent Jesus. It matters how we represent this way of living and this belief that we have. It matters that Christians are good people. It matters that Christians are loving people. Um, I tried looking for, in, um, in Jeremiah 17 verse 9, this classic scripture of the heart that says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. So I went looking in the original language um, to see if there was something like hidden and a little bit nicer. There isn't. <laughs> the word deceitful just means deceiving. And the word for desperately wicked just means sly and sick. <laughs> I know, it's like, it's rough. You're like, is, is my heart, Lord, deceitful above all things and desperately wicked? And so that scripture alone, if we take it like that, oh, your heart's wicked. <laughs> You're deceitful. I can't trust you. can only trust Jesus, right? It's one scripture. But let's look at Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So we're not to do away with it. We're not to shut it out um, and separate it from the rest of who we are. There's a purpose for our heart within our body. And we know that there's like a a natural side of our heart. It's the core of who we are. It keeps us alive. Without it, we wouldn't be alive for very long at all. But there's also a spiritual side and an emotional side where we, we carry things within our heart. And so God's given it a capacity and he's given it a purpose. And I think that, you know, when we seek God with all of our heart, we'll find him. Like that's beautiful. That, that's a purpose right there. And in Proverbs 16, 9, in their hearts, human plan, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Right. So there's obviously a place in our hearts for beliefs. There's trajectory that comes from the heart. It's where we make a plan and then we can follow it or we allow God to refine the plan that we make. Um, and the Bible's also really specific about the heart having a guardian. I was looking up hard-heartedness and I found this um, study on children that had been hurt in emotionally traumatic situations. And one of the points was to help these children was to give their heart a guardian, in a sense, to make their heart feel like it was safe. So having someone in their life that they could trust with their emotions, trust with how they were feeling, and therefore have someone that would guard those feelings not necessarily say everything that you believe is true, but just have a safe place for them. Um, And it says in Proverbs 4.23, lines up, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So it is, it's it's a passageway, our heart. And again, God's given it to us on purpose. It's not, he didn't make a fault in us by giving us a heart. He didn't give us something that's like, you're going to have to deal with this. It's going to be a thorn in your flesh, you know, sort of thing. But Philippians 4, 7 says, and I told you I was going to give you a lot of scripture. (laughs) And the peace of God, which transcends understanding, 
will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So we need the peace of God to have a guardian. And again, if we're in a a rushed way of living, if we don't allow ourselves that lean-in of a daily, ongoing, consistent relationship with God, we'll be without His peace because we've opted for a life without it. To be honest, if we fill the schedule from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. or or wider, we are allowing ourselves to be denied any peace. There's no space for it. Logically, schedule leave. <laughs> Come to me with a better word later. Um, if we if we've made no space for it, chances are hearts without a guardian because we've opted out of that peace with God life. If we only ask for it when we're desperate, it's not a continued guardianship. We're asking him to come stand guard only at times, only when we feel hurt. And then it's a reaction, not a proactive way of living. And I think we could be in one of two boats if we don't have Jesus as our guardian of our heart. We can either have no guardian at all or we become our own guardian. And this one's also very dangerous because this can lead to not a guarded heart but a hardened heart because we stand guard and say no I'm here to say what can enter or who can enter this heart but we're not as wise as Jesus (laughs) so when Jesus is the guard he knows what's good for our hearts we don't always especially if there's wounding especially if there's hurt it's likely that we'll shut out everything and it's quite normal for people that have experienced hurt to get to a place where they choose or without choice can feel nothing. There's a numbness that comes in place. And God never intended for us to be numb. I think that he celebrates sensitivity to his Holy Spirit. He celebrates, you know, he's also given us emotions. God has experienced, you know, there's wrath of of God. And so he has made us like him and he has a heart. There is a heart of the Father So again, I say, don't do away with your heart, but let it have a guardian. Let it experience the peace of God. And just that um, that picture that mum shared last Sunday, if you were here, of the disciple John just resting his head on the heart of Jesus. The more that we let ourselves do that, the more that we allow ourselves to lean in, the more that we get to learn from the heart of God. And, you know, I'm just so... I just keep coming back to that thought that Jesus has never said that any one of us doesn't deserve his love or is hard to love. And so I, I want to be like Jesus. <laughs> I want to meet people and know that every single one of them deserves the love of God. Every single one of them deserves to know how much they are loved. I just want to, um, we are running out of time because we have baptisms, but I just want to quickly look in Hebrews, and this is a bit of a challenge to us. Hebrews 3.8, it's talking about God's people and how he has a rest for them. He has a rest for their souls. And so it says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Because essentially that's what's happened in the past with God's people is that for whatever reason, they hardened their hearts against the voice of God. Can you imagine God is speaking. How many of us are hungry to hear the voice of God, right? 
And yet God can, can say something and we can harden our hearts to it quickly because it doesn't align with, you know, the direction we're taking. It doesn't align with my career right now, God. It doesn't align with these plans that I have. We need to allow God to interrupt our lives. Because why are we here? <laughs> you know, why are we here? I was saying to Lily the other week, I was like, you know what? I think I found out my purpose here on earth. And it's not a job. Like, it's not something that I do. It's not actually the thing that will make me money. You know what I'm here on earth to do? I'm here to love people and to show the world Jesus. I was like, that's what I get to do every single day. Whether that is Monday, Tuesday, or Saturday, or Sunday, that's what I get to do here on earth. And I just felt this, like, wait. <laughs> you know, when people ask, what do you do? It's like, oh, I don't really want to talk about it. Like, it's not actually what I'm here to do. So it's just you know, what occupies my time sometimes, but, right, so if we go back to, sorry, I'm getting distracted, <laughs> um, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, and it goes on to say later in verse 10, that is why I was angry with that generation, I said their hearts are always going astray, and they've not known my ways, and if we go down to um, chapter 4 verse 9, it says, there remains still a Sabbath rest for the people of God. And let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. And in Matthew 15, 8, Jesus said something similar. He said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So we don't need our hearts to be far from the Lord. We need them to be close. Where are our hearts? Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, it says in Matthew. So where's my treasure? What's that thing I'm pursuing or the many things I'm pursuing? Where is my heart? Is it, is it split? Is it divided between things? Is it searching for a purpose or something to go after? I hope that you're not thinking that this is a, a shallow message for people that are new to faith because I think that there's a depth to this. We could live this out for a decade and still have so much more to learn. We could do this really diligently every single day of our lives and God would still have greater revelation for us. And that's not just this message. That's every Sunday. <laughs> you know, there's always more for us. And I think if we reach a point where we say, I've got nothing to learn from this, we've got to identify pride. <laughs> we've got to be careful We've got to be careful. Even if we say, no, I'm, I'm really good at loving people. Maybe turn it into a question. God, am I really good at loving people? Am I loving people the way that you want me to love them? Is there more I can do? Is there more encouragement I can give? Can I have more grace for people? Can I be more patient with people? Can you show me your heart for them? And then maybe I can do a comparison of, you know, how out of line my heart might be. So the more that we lean in on Him, the more that we learn from His heart. And this isn't just for sensitive people. This isn't just for people that already love people. It's for, it's for all of us. It's for all of us. It says in 1 John that when we love one another, the image of God is made complete in us, in our midst, 
And so if we, if we love one another, it can't just be half the people doing that. We'll see half the image of God in my head, right? We want to see the fullness of God in our midst. We want to experience His fullness. And I know I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. If, if you're made in the image of God and He's put parts of Himself in you, I want to see it. In the same way, He's put parts of Himself. I'm made in His image too. We're all made in His image, but we're all so different. So we've got so much to learn from one another. And that's why we have posters up in the foyer saying, hey, do you want to have a coffee? Do you want to go out for dinner? Can we catch up during the week? Is because we've got so much to learn from one another. We've got, you know, we've got our faith to be added unto by another person's faith. They'd be like, do you know God did this for me? I didn't know He did that. I wonder if God would do that for me. It's a very different dialogue to like, well, why didn't God do that for me? <laughs> you know? Let our faith be added to a shield of faith, another shield of faith, another shield of faith, another shield of faith. It builds up a great defense. Looks like the peace of God. It looks like a guardian, you know, having that, that guardianship of Jesus. I hope and I believe that you will receive something from this for you. <laughs> I told you it would be a whirlwind. So this morning, <laughs> I'm just going to pray for people because I want to honour the time that we have this morning. It goes on to say after that scripture about not hardening your hearts, this, this beautiful scripture comes after this. For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to defining soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give account. And so this morning, I really want to invite that beautiful, penetrating, dividing Word of the Lord to come and shave the things off us because he's so precise in showing us, you know what, this is good, but I'm just going to refine a little bit here. And so we need the Word of God to do that act. We need the Word of God to be that precise, that beautiful double-edged sword. So I'm just going to allow a moment for us and I'm just going to pray. And I know that this is only going to be a few minutes, but the Holy Spirit can do amazing things in an instant. So if you are in need of repentance, if you are in need of learning a greater forgiveness, if you are in need of the healing of the Father from past things or things that you're experiencing right now, I'm going to pray and believe that He is able to speak to you. He is able to heal you. He's able to reveal to you a greater knowledge and a greater truth than what we, we've experienced before. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Would you just posture yourself, posture your heart towards Him. Thank you, Father. God, we just thank you for this incredible privilege it is to know you and to be known by you. God, we just invite you, as it says in Psalms, search me, God, and know me. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts, Lord. Father, we just pray that you would reveal to us a greater truth about our lives, God. 
We just hand our hearts over to you, Lord, and say, would you do what only you can do with them? Father, show us the intention for our hearts. Show us the healing that's available for our hearts, God. And would you let us um, have a greater revelation of, of our responsibilities to our hearts, Lord, as well, that you've given to us. And we just ask that the peace of God would come and stand guardian, would come and be guardian through Christ Jesus over our hearts and our minds. We thank you for this, Father. I pray that if they're struggling, if there's a struggle with forgiveness, God, that there would now become an ease of forgiveness. If there is hurt that we've been holding on to, God, would there now be an ease in surrendering them to you, Father? And if there's been a struggle with love, if it's been defined love and not unconditional, unconditional love, God, would you free us into that deep, wide, long and high love that is the love of Christ. Thank you, God, for this teaching, God, and I pray that you would give us a hunger to find out more. Give us hunger that we would do that daily walk with you, God. Thank you, Father. And Lord, I, I just thank you for your heart that says sorry for the hurt that we've experienced, that Jesus then died for so that we would have life and have it abundantly. Thank you that your love casts out all fear. And I thank you that your love covers a multitude of sin. And that's the love that we receive by your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Come do what only you can do, Lord. Thank you, Lord. As it is in heaven, it is in me. As it is in heaven, so let it be. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.